the 40th day after the resurrection of our Lord, as recorded by St. Luke in Acts chapter 1. He writes, The first book I wrote, Theophilus, concerned all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was received up, after he had given commandment through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also showed himself alive after he suffered, by many proofs, appearing to them over a period of forty days and speaking about God's kingdom. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you heard from me. For John indeed baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you now restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It isn't for you to know times or seasons which the Father has set within his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they were looking steadfastly into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white clothing, who also said, You men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who was received up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way as you saw him going into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, our Matin service, for Exalde Sunday, the seventh Sunday of Easter, or also known as the Sunday after the Ascension, begins with the hymn, Hark Ten Thousand Harps and Voices.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Alleluia. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Alleluia. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Teach me thy way, O Lord. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, Alleluia. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Alleluia. The Old Testament lesson for the Sunday after the Ascension is written in the 36th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the 22nd verse. Therefore tell the house of Israel, the Lord God says, I don't do this for your sake, house of Israel, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I am proven holy in you, before their eyes. 
For I will take you from among the nations, and gather you out of all the countries, and will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, and from all your idols. I will also give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will keep my ordinances and do them. You will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be cleared when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The Epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the seventh verse. Brothers, the end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound mind, self-controlled, and sober in prayer. And above all things, be earnest in your love among yourselves, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Employ it in serving one another, as good managers of the grace of God in its various forms. If anyone speaks, let it be as it were the very words of God. If anyone serves, let it be as of the strength which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, don't be astonished at the fiery trial which has come upon you to test you, as though a strange thing has happened to you. 
But because you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, rejoice that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice with exceeding joy. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 15th and 16th chapters. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Counselor has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You will also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said these things to you so that you wouldn't be cause to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time comes that whoever kills you will think that he offers service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. 
but I have told you these things, so that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you about them. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Alleluia. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This summer, it'll have been 20 years ago that I left home for college. Now, earlier in that summer, before I left home, my parents had come with me to freshman orientation. I signed up for all my classes. My doormate was my good friend from high school, and, well, everything was set. And all that was left late in the summer was to pack the car with my belongings and for my dad and I to get me moved into my dorm room. And I remember when we were packing the car that had hit me, I was leaving home 
This was it. I wasn't coming back. I was going away from my parents to figure out life on my own. And as I felt the finality of that, I broke down a little. And my dad, never overly emotional, in that moment took me in his arms and told me that this was the next step. And that I always had their love and support. This love and support of him and my mom. Well, with that, we finished packing. We drove to Iowa City. They got me set up in my dorm room with my good friend, and my dad left. And at that point, of course, the excitement of being at college took over. But I didn't see what was coming. I was blindsided by the rigors of a college course load, of being in a new city, of living in a new place, of having a new church home and a new pastor and I didn't know at the time that I had suffered from depression and anxiety, but those kicked into overdrive. And in a new place, I didn't have my parents right there with me to guide me like I, like they had been for the 18 years before. And so during that first year of college, I felt lost. And at the end of that first year, I began to wonder if I belonged in college, if I was the college type I considered dropping out and maybe just finding a job, which, you know, would have been a big would have been a big deal because without college, you can't go to seminary and I wouldn't be here today. But at the end of the first year, I was so discouraged, so lost, that I didn't know at the end of that first year if I was going to come back. But then I remembered that my parents promised their love and support through it all. So even without them there, I called home. I told them everything, and they supported me through it in every way imaginable. And eventually, I adjusted. I adjusted to the rigors of college and the college course load. I got used to Iowa City. I liked living in Iowa City. I got a handle on my depression and anxiety, and then I began to flourish. When I came back for that second year of college, there was no doubt where I belonged. But had I been unable to call home, if I didn't have the love and support of my parents, if I hadn't had them there with me, even over the phone, I wouldn't have made it. And in this is a small, in this story is a small way of sharing what's in our gospel lesson today. Now, this last Thursday, we remembered the ascension of our Lord, who left his disciples on earth as he triumphantly entered up through endless ranks of angels to be seated at the right hand of the Father in our flesh. But before he left, he told his disciples he was going to leave them. Now, remember in that story, I broke down feeling the weight of going to college and leaving home, but the disciples felt the much heavier weight of knowing their Lord who walked and talked and ate with them for all those years that he was leaving. Now, the somberness that I felt in that little story was nothing to what they felt in those final days knowing their Lord was leaving them. Now, I didn't know the hardships which were coming when I went to college, but the disciples knew exactly what their hardships would be once their Lord ascended, because the Lord told them exactly what was going to happen. He said to them, they, that is, the Jews who don't believe, and those who remain in darkness in the world, 
Jesus said, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when they will kill you. When our Lord says they will put them out of the synagogues, what the Lord means is that they will excommunicate the Lord's disciples. They will excommunicate them from the places where they worshipped, from the culture in which they lived, from the only society which they've ever known. So much so would those in the darkness hate them, that after excommunicating them, the hour was coming after our Lord departed when the disciples would be killed by them. Now imagine this. The disciples were hated so much for following their Lord and Savior that following him would lead them to be excommunicated and killed. Imagine now sitting in church, being faithful to Christ's words as you live your lives of repentance, and then being told by the congregation that for being faithful, you would be excommunicated, kicked out, shunned. That's the hour which was coming for the disciples. But in some ways, we really don't have to imagine too hard about that, do we? Because here you sit, living in your lives of repentance, being faithful to God's word. Now, maybe your church isn't excommunicating you. Maybe you're part of a very faithful congregation. But the world we live in wants to excommunicate you. And so you become a bigot for confessing the biblical view of marriage, of male and female, of human sexuality. You become a hater for saying every life is sacred and abortion is murder. You become a science denier for believing God created the world in seven days instead of over billions or trillions of years. You become an intolerant, spiteful person for saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Some may even label you an anti-vaxxer lately if you wrestle in your conscience whether it is God-pleasing to receive a vaccine that's maybe been involved in using aborted stem lines. Now, I'm not saying it's good or evil for how you've chosen on vaccines. What I'm saying is the label you're given when your conscience even just wrestles with the questions and issues around them. Every time you turn on the TV, or get on the computer, or your phone, or read the paper, here are these accusations always put in your face against the faith that you're a bigot, a science denier, intolerant, spiteful, an anti-vaxxer, and on and on the accusations go. But what are these labels? other than accusations of being a heathen or a heretic or a pagan against the spirit of this age, against the modern-day zeitgeist. And what happens to modern-day heathens or heretics that speak their faith and live their faith against the modern zeitgeist? Well, well, we were just told, weren't we? And we've seen it. Some have been sued, some multiple times, Others have lost their jobs without notice. In other Western countries, pastors have been jailed. Churches have had fencing and police forces surrounding their buildings so that churches could not gather together. Modern-day heretics get excommunicated from culture, from society, even from the conversations in the public square. We get shouted down, even in other places of the world. 
It's not just being shouted down or losing jobs. It also means death. And perhaps the hour is coming for us in the West where it will mean death for us as well. And we say that because this is what Christ warns us when he says, Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father, nor me. In our day, it is often said that, if you want to use the term modern progressives, modern philosophies, neo-Marxism, that they all themselves are a religion of some sort. Indeed, it's easy to see, especially as their proponents act with such religious fervor to push their causes, to silence the Christian faith or any of those that that disagree. What then are we Christians to do in a day and age where we are considered to be the heretics, where the world would like to, in a sense, excommunicate us, and throw us out of the synagogues and the public squares? What do we do in this world when our anxiety and depression and despair kicks into overdrive? What do we do when Christ has ascended, left this world, and is no longer walking and talking and eating with us as he did for 33 years with people upon the earth? What do we do? We call home. That is, we join our psalmist in prayer from the antiphon, where we said, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. That is, we call out to our Lord who has ascended, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We call out to him not to forsake us. And we pray this knowing how our Lord will answer. Because the Father we pray to is the same Father who sent His Son to die for the sins of the world on the cross. The Father we pray to is the same Father who three days after His Son died on the cross raised His Son from the dead so that we may be justified, that is, counted innocent from our sins before God. The Father to whom we pray is the Father who has held nothing back from us, not even His Son, so that now, when we pray to the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, He hears us as if we were His own children. That's what it means to be baptized into the death and resurrection of Christ. It means that in Christ, we can pray to the Father while being persecuted. We can pray to him, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, and we know we'll be heard. Because when we pray, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, your face, O Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Notice that when we pray this with the psalmist, as the scriptures lead us to pray this, we don't pray for our persecution to be taken away from us. We're not praying for all suffering to be removed. We don't ask for that because we know, as our Lord says, the hour of the church's persecution is coming. Instead, what what we pray for, what we're led to pray for in the scriptures with these words is for more faith more faith in the face of persecution. We're praying for our faith to be strengthened by him in suffering. 
We're praying that this persecution coming upon us may not lead us to stumble to the point of falling away. In short, what we pray for is the Holy Spirit. What we're praying is, lead us not into temptation, into falling away, but deliver us from evil. And when we pray such things, here's what our Lord does in response. He says, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. In other words, as we pray for our Lord to hear us and to not lead us into temptation, that is when Christ, who reigns over all nations as he sits on his holy throne, that's when he turns to the Father, shows the Father the marks in his hands and his side which he suffered for us. And in response, the Father sends the Holy Spirit to us. We pray these words knowing that our Lord has promised that he will not leave us as orphans, but that he will send us the Spirit of truth from, whom, from the Father who will strengthen us. And here's how we know when our Lord has answered our prayer, has sent the Spirit from the Father. Because our Lord says that when the Spirit comes, He will bear witness about me. That is, the Spirit is sent by the Word of God. He comes by way of the Scriptures. So that when you hear the Word read and preached on Sunday morning, when you hear the Word taught in Bible study, when you hear the Word throughout the week in devotions, that is where the Spirit is being sent to you, testifying of the Son through the inerrant scriptures, through the entire scriptures, and in those scriptures, strengthening your faith in the midst of the persecution of that day. So that when you hear the word, forgiving your sins, absolving you of your sins as you confess your sins, there then is the Spirit strengthening you in the waters of baptism. And also, when you hear the words of Christ's body being given for you in the bread and his blood being given for you in the wine, when you partake of the supper, when you receive forgiveness of sins, there is the Spirit being sent by the Father so that you may partake in the supper so that your faith may be strengthened. And so much is the Spirit sent to you in the Word and Sacraments that when you leave the altar and enter back into the world, our Lord says your faith will so be strengthened that you also will bear witness about me because you have been with me from the beginning, that is, from your baptism. So our Lord says, I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. So that when their hour comes, you, rem you may remember that I told them to you, told these words to you. That is, our Lord tells you of the hour of persecution coming, so that you may be kept from falling away by his word. So that when the hour comes, you may remember the word of God ingrained into you. 
and the Spirit, who through that word will be sent to you. You'll remember your baptism into Christ. You'll remember the Lord's Supper that strengthened you. You'll remember the word of God so that you may be strengthened, so that you may be kept from falling away, so that you may testify in word and deed of our Lord, even when you are threatened with death for doing so. That's why our Lord promises to send the Spirit to you after he ascends. Alleluia, he is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia. And now he has ascended into heaven. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord and let my cry come unto thee. Almighty and everlasting God, make us to have always a devout will toward thee, and to serve thy majesty with a pure heart. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, 
with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, Remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. But out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, Support us by your power, and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. I will not leave you comfortless. Alleluia. 
I go away and come again unto you. Alleluia. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks to all of you for joining us on this Matins podcast this morning. And you're all welcome back next week for another Matins podcast when we celebrate the feast day of the day of Pentecost, the eighth Sunday of Easter. The hymn of the day, which was heard, was performed by the musicians at Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer. And music for all the other hymns comes from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. 
If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.